0: Good morning, everyone. Hope you guys are having a good morning today. My name is Edgar Bear. For people who don't know me, I'm the youth director here at St. Andrews. And guys, I love to warmly welcome you to our church service. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be able to preach on Sunday and share the gospel with the church community. Okay, um, I guess I'll give a little announcement that was up there. Guys, we are having summer camp. At Campus by the Sea, so if anybody wants to attend or knows a youth who wants to attend, uh, it's going to be July 5th through 9th, uh, Campus by the Sea in Catalina. So if you want to go, or if you're interested in going, or if you know a youth who's interested in going, you can talk to me, or you can talk to Erica right there. Erica, raise your hand. All right. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, before I get into it, let us, let us pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for the opportunity for us to gather. God, I pray that you speak through me, and I pray that we take this message uh, for people who are having doubts that um, they may believe, and for people who believe that we may take this news and share it with those in our families and in our communities. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Okay, guys, we are in Easter season. We're continuing in Easter season, and if anybody wants to join me in reading uh, from the Bible, from your pews, uh, you can open it. It's going to be John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, or you can join us up here. So, John chapter 20, 19 through 31, and here we go. Let us read. On the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together uh, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus says, said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. The Word of the Lord. All right. Guys, uh, we are in Easter season, as I said. And I want to try something new, something different today. You guys can tell me afterwards, see if it worked, see if it resonated with you. Uh, So I'm going to do a little exercise, okay? So let's pretend that everybody here, everybody in this church is part of this church community Uh, forms part of a new country. We form part of a new community. Uh, We'll call it X, right? And in this new country, uh, we have the same things that most societies have. We have people who own businesses, people who employ uh, people. We have elder, elderly folk. We have younger people. We have families. We have children. We have people who are sick. We have people who are healthy. We have people from all walks of life, We have people who are well-off, have more resources than others, and also in this community, we have people who are not so well-off. Now, let's say that this community, this make-believe community, is going on for some years, and then all of a sudden, some catastrophic event occurs. Maybe there's a drought. Maybe there's a famine. Maybe there's rumors of war. And the people begin to be discontent. They're unhappy. And out of this chaos, there arises a new leader, somebody who's teaching something new, maybe a new philosophy, I don't know, maybe a new political way, I don't know. They're teaching something new, and they're gaining followers, and maybe some people in the crowd start following them. But the people in power, or some of the crowd, is, is unhappy with what's going on, or what they're hearing. So what do they do? What's the first step? Well, first, you go to hear that person to see if what what you're hearing is true. What are they saying? And then you come back and you talk about it amongst yourselves and you realize you don't like it. So you want to put an end to this. So what's next? Well, the next step is to go talk to that person. Why are you saying these things? What is your goal? And you want them to be quiet, so maybe you threaten them a little bit, right? This is what communities do. They threaten if They want somebody to be quiet, then you threaten them a little bit. That doesn't work. What's next? Well, the next step is to smear their name to tell lies about them, gossip. That doesn't work. The person's still gaining followers. So now you gotta go to extreme measures. What's next? Well, some people put him in prison, right? It happened to Nelson Mandela. And then the most extreme measure is to uh, put him to death. If somebody wants to stop a movement, the hardest, the the most extreme thing to do is to put that person to death. And we've seen it, right? We've seen it with Abraham Lincoln. We saw it with Martin Luther King Jr. While they wanted to put a movement to death, some people and, and some citizens were unhappy, so they put that person to death so they can be quiet. But sometimes these people become martyrs And their ideas live on. Their movements live on. And so we can today even reflect on what people have done. Muller the Jr. We can say, wow, you know what he did was good. And we can honor their ideas. And we can look at what they said and look at what they did. And that it still lives on. Same thing with Abraham Lincoln. And that's good. I'm not trying to diminish anything they did. I think this is a good thing. Now, Jesus. Some people... We'll look at Jesus and say, yeah, what he said was good. What he did was good. We can remember what he did. But there's a major difference. There's a huge difference. Death comes for everyone. We'll all pass away. The wages of sin is death, and it comes for every single person in this world. But the only being in human history who has conquered death is Jesus. It's not just about what he said and what he did. Yes, those things are extremely important. But he's more than that. He's more than a person who went to the grave and we can remember his ideas. He's a lot more than that. He conquered death. He is alive. And because he lives, he is eternal and he offers this life to us. He offers us an opportunity to partner with him in this new life where sin, death does not have the final word, but we can be with him in the eternal. And that is joyous. That is joyous news. That is awesome news. Jesus Christ conquered death, and he wants you and me to partner with him. And the way to do that, and the way he teaches us to do that, is to believe. Believe. Okay, so that is kind of like a little bit of an intro, a little bit of warm-up into resurrection thinking. And now I'm going to come a little bit more into the passage for today. Okay, guys, I hope that was helpful. I don't know, you can tell me if it was. But we're going to come a little bit into the passage for today. All right, context, of course. This is important. So I like to put myself in the shoes of the disciples. I like to put myself in the story. Maybe you can do this too. Now imagine you're one of the disciples and You're walking with Jesus. You're breathing the same air that Jesus is breathing. You are having a meal with Jesus. And you see him do miracles. You see him heal a person who's blind. Uh, People who can't walk. Now all of a sudden they can walk. And you're amazed by this. And then you hear him speak in a way that you've never heard someone speak before. And you're amazed by this. And you want to follow this man because you think he's the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And then all of a sudden he's killed. And now you're just confused. What does this mean? And now you're hurt. And then you hear that he resurrects. It's now even more confused. What does this mean? What's going on? Well, Jesus resurrected, but I'm human. He's he's God, I believe. So they killed him. I'm not God, and there are people that might want to kill me, so I'm going to lock myself in. And this is what the disciples do. Out of fear, they lock themselves in. They fear they're going to be killed. I mean, that's understandable, right? And maybe sometimes you and I will lock ourselves in because of the problems that are going on in society. We'll lock ourselves in from society because maybe culture is changing too fast. So I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to lock myself in. I'm going to do my own thing. Maybe I'll lock myself in and buy all the resources that I can because prices are going too high. I don't want to deal with all this stuff. Maybe I lock myself in because life is just too hard. Things weren't the way they used to be. I'm going to lock myself in. And the cool and awesome thing and the wonderful thing that I see in this passage that I love is that when we are locked in, it's not going to keep Jesus out. Jesus enters. And you know what he says? He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. I love this. And the reason that I love this is because he's not saying a piece of like, oh, the absence of war. Yes, there's that. But there's more to this. When Jesus is present, when Jesus is present, there's wholeness. There is a being made complete. When you and I are in the presence of Jesus, we are whole. We are complete. And what do the disciples do? Well, they're overjoyed. All the problems and worries of this world, they go away because they are before the one true God, the Savior of the world. In the presence of Jesus, we are whole. We are complete. And this takes us into the eternal. Now, what does Jesus say after this? And I'm paraphrasing. He says, well, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. And he's talking to the believers. What was Jesus sent to do? What was he sent to say? Well, it's pretty clear throughout the Gospels, right? Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. Turn from your ways and believe the good news. What is the good news? That Jesus Christ lived, died, and resurrected. He conquered death and he offers this opportunity for us if we believe to partner with him into the eternal, and to live a life of being overjoyed in the presence of God. And this is, guys, this is awesome. This is good news. This is amazing news. He didn't come to say, hey, you know what, you're doing all right, just keep, keep doing you. He didn't come to affirm people's lifestyles. He didn't do that. Everyone, including me, every single person, he came to say, repent and believe, turn and believe. There's nothing we can do to keep ourselves from the grave the only one who can give us eternal life, the only one who can fill us with true fullness of joy is Christ Jesus, our Lord, and our Savior. And I think that's great news. Okay, so right after this in the passage, now we have Thomas. Doubting Thomas, how do you guys know him? Doubting Thomas or Thomas the Doubter? Which one, which one do you guys prefer? Doubting. doubting Thomas, okay. How many of us here resonate with Doubting Thomas? Is there anybody here who resonates with Doubting Thomas? Guys, let's raise our hands. I want to I hear it, I want to see it. okay. Good, because I do I love Dying Thomas. I resonate with him so much. Okay? So if you don't know the story of Dying Thomas, basically he looks like he's a guy who's about logic and reasoning. He has doubts. He has doubts about what's going on. He thinks through things. That's the way I see him in scripture. And he is told that Jesus resurrected. And he's like, nah, he didn't resurrect. Unless I see, and paraphrasing again, unless I see his hands and put my finger through his hands, and unless I see his wound, and I put my hand on his wound, then I won't believe. And I get this. Y'all, I, I like to think through things. It is actually it's kind of embarrassing for me. I tell you guys a little embarrassing story about me. Um, I just don't believe everything. I just don't. I question everything. I think through things. I think through all the possible options that I have at hand uh, and try to even go further than that. When Eric and I first started dating, this is how bad it was. When Eric and I first started dating, we, I took her on a date and... Uh, she would tell me something like, hey, did you know that so-and-so? And as she finished telling me that, I would pull my phone out, and I would start researching to see what she told me was true. <laughs> and I, I see her face. She's kind of like, okay. And, guys, it was like same date. I did it like four or five times. And at some point she stopped. She's like, hey, I don't know if you think that I'm trying to deceive you or I'm a liar, but I'm not. And so, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, little does she know that I still do that. What, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, uh, I learned my lesson really quick. Um, no, but yeah, guys, I, I, I don't like to just believe things. I like to make sure that all I believe is true. And this is fine, right? There are all types of people in the church. There are people who are more logical and like to reason through things. And there are people who are more practical. And there are people who are more, uh, they like to, sit and contemplate, and there we have our prayer warriors. But you can't separate each one, right? We all have to be diving into each branch. Because if we don't, if all we do is think, we're going to get too into our heads and we forget about the practical things of life, it's like somebody who all they do is think about eating food and prepping, preparing food, but then they forget where food comes from and the patience that it takes for sunlight and for water and Days and months and cleaning the animal and prepping the animal or or picking the plants and all that process. There's so much that goes on. And if all we focus is on one thing, we're missing out on so much more. Okay, but, okay, come back to Thomas. Uh, I like this guy. He has his doubts. And I get it. I get it. But something that I love about Thomas in this passage and that we see is that he didn't leave. He could have easily said, well, Jesus is dead, I'm out. And I think, I think, this is me speaking, I personally think it's because he reasoned through it. Because on one part, he's saying, Well, I saw him heal. I have seen him active in my life. And the same thing, maybe you can say for yourself I have seen God act in my life. I can pinpoint moments in my life where God was present. But then he goes to his present situation and he's like, But he's dead. And I'm struggling. And I'm having doubts. What do I do about this? But notice that he never left the community. He stayed there. Because there was something, in his mind at least, that didn't make sense. And maybe he wanted to work things out. And I think I can resonate with this. I very much resonate with this. So uh, in 2012, I was a missionary to Paraguay. And I had such a wonderful experience. I was on the ground evangelizing, preaching, helping people, feeding the poor. I was doing all kinds of things. I saw miraculous things. I was hyped up in my faith. I was in a good place in my faith. And then I came back to the States and I went to seminary. And going from the practical aspect of ministry and then just going to mostly here, going to mostly here was such a difficult time for me because I encountered all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds different ways of believing. Some were really strong in their faith and they were awesome. And then you have people who you question, like, do you believe in Jesus kind of thing? And so like, and then you are presented with all kinds of thoughts and I'm questioning my faith and I'm questioning what I believe. And I got to a very low point. But I didn't leave. I kept praying. I kept going to church. It was difficult. It was difficult. But I kept going. And then one day I find myself in a Bible study I was invited, I went to a Bible study, and part of the message that was preached, no, not preached, was read from the Bible study, was from Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. I'm going to read to you guys. And it says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's people, Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, I don't know if you caught this, but in the passage it says, a love that surpasses knowledge. And guys, I was deep in my thoughts. I was deep trying to reason through everything. And I was sat there and I heard somebody read that passage and I can, from what I remember, I didn't say a single word in that Bible study. I just sat there. All of a sudden I just felt peace. I felt Okay. I think I understood something. I don't have to know everything. I just don't. It's okay to think through things. It's okay to reason. These are good things. But I don't have to know everything. Why? Why? Because there's knowledge that's still going to be found out five years from now, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now. There's knowledge out there that has ceased to exist because somebody took it with them to the grave. I can never ever know everything. It's impossible. I can't watch out for every variable that exists. It's impossible. I have to be okay with that. And God's love surpasses my understanding. He who is creator of all things in his love created, and he knew and he knows what's best for me. He knows the best best path that is for me. And I understood that at that moment, or I had a greater understanding of that. It's okay. I didn't have to know everything. God met me where I was. He met me where I needed him. He came into my doubts. I wanted to know, so he met me. And I think in a similar way, in a similar way, this happens to Thomas. Thomas is in a place of doubt. Unless, I, unless this happens, then I won't believe. And he's not telling God that. He's He's speaking out of what he thinks. Enter Jesus. What does Jesus say? Peace be with you. In the presence of Jesus, we are made whole. We are made complete. In the presence of Jesus, our troubles go away. We are in the presence of the eternal. And what does Jesus do then? Grabs the hand, makes him touch it, the wounds. Grabs the hand, touches his side. And what did Jesus say? Stop doubting and believe. Jesus didn't reprimand Thomas. He didn't get angry with Thomas. He knew what Thomas was thinking. Why else would he do what he did? He knows what you're thinking wherever you are in your faith. He knows where you are. And look, look, Thomas said this, and it wasn't at that moment that Jesus came. He came a week later. And sometimes, you know, we may have doubts for months and all of a sudden you're going to see Jesus enter in your life. And when God reveals truth to you, it's time to stop doubting and to believe. It's time to stop doubting and to believe. And what did Thomas do? He said, my Lord and my God. And I love this. I love this so much, because he recognizes two things about Jesus. First, Jesus is God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus is the Word. He was, He already existed. He's the Alpha, He is Omega, He is the beginning, He's the end. He recognizes that Jesus is God. Only God can resurrect from the dead, physically. Then he recognizes that Jesus is Lord. He says, "I know what you're capable of." I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to partner in this. I want life. I want to live a life that is overjoyed in the presence of the son. So he gives his life fully to Jesus. He realizes who he is, Lord and God. Stop doubting and believe in our response. When Jesus enters, he says, we say, my Lord, I give my life to you and I recognize that you are God. Okay, now to finish up. I don't know where you are in your faith. I have no idea. Maybe some of you, I do know where you are. Maybe you need logic and reasoning. Seek out God. There are people here who will help you out with that. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you need, you just really need community. Church people, this is a place to have that. And we can encounter God in those moments. Maybe you need a message. Maybe you need to worship and experience God and worship. Maybe you need an answered prayer. And when God enters, when Jesus enters, it's time to stop doubting and to believe. Believe. Now for us who are in our faith and have been there for a while and are comfortable and we're doing good and we're growing and we're searching and we're getting to know more about Jesus. He's going to send you out. We're not going to lock ourselves in, guys. We've got to take this message, and we've got to spread the good news among our brothers, our sisters, our parents, our grandparents, our siblings, your sons, your daughters. We've got to share it with the people because this is the most joyous news anyone could ever have. The disciples were overjoyed, and being in the presence of God, we are made complete. We are made whole, and we've got to share it. We need to share it. It's good news, y'all. So, if today you need prayer, we will have people in the back and we can pray for you. You want to encounter Jesus? Go and pray. But this is a move you got to make. You got to take the step. God is calling you. Now, take that step. Say those words. My Lord and my God, I believe. And if you're good, good spot, share it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you so much. I thank you that we get to read from the gospel, that we get to see that there are different types of people who have different uh, questions, and God, you show up. You are good, Jesus. And God, if there's anybody here who is doubting, who has difficulty, Lord, may you show up in their lives, and may they believe. And God, may we take this good news It's good news that you have resurrected and you give us new life. And may we share it with those around us and may we not hide. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you.